Welcome back to season four of Comic Book Nation, your one-stop show for all things geek culture. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got my regular crew of Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What up, what up, what up? And Ms. Janelle Wheeler. Hello, hello. Welcome in. And uh, what's up, guys? Today, we are going to get a little interactive because we are all in a holding pattern currently because, uh, you know... Movie year is about to start kicking off, right? We got big Yay. things happening. By this time next week, we will be back here to talk about none other than the Batman. The Batman. Oh, yeah. Batman's <laughs> coming out. And uh, I mean, it's a good time to tell you guys. You probably have some homework to do, right? Like, you guys got to see the Batman, huh? Yeah. So yes. uh, everybody's got stuff to do this week. We're going to be a busy week. But uh, yeah, that's next week. And. We have uh, plenty of Batman coverage that's already awesome on comicbook.com DC. Brandon Davis was out to talk with the cast and crew. And uh, some of us around the comic book bullpen, we may have kind of sort of seen some things that are, you know, related to bats and to men and <laughs> other things. Uh, <laughs> that's all we can say right about now. <sighs> And so, yeah, we might have seen some things related to bats and men. And uh, we can't tell you much more about that right now because there are rules to this. But, uh, yeah, we got, we got some thoughts and we got a lot to talk about. So getting, getting ready, get psyched. DC Nation's coming alive out there because it's time for some DC movies to come back and the Batman will be here next week. So that is my little teaser pitch for what we will be doing. Uh, the Batman review will drop on Monday on comicbook.com. I believe Woo. it is 12 noon Eastern, written by your boy right Let's here. Go. So, uh, yeah. God, I've been waiting for this. I'm doing the official Batman review for comicbook.com. Just turned in the draft right now. I'm getting messages as we speak right now as our little, uh, as our, not little, as our editorial, our fine editorial board is going over it making sure I'm sanctioned to say all the things I <laughs> say in it. Question, but, uh, how many times have you seen it? Have you only been able to see I it once? I cannot confirm or deny that I've ever seen oh. anything <laughs> related to bats or to men, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We're writing but, uh, the review, though. Like, obviously, they Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, something, I mean, yeah, things are obvious, but still unspoken. But uh, yes, uh, <laughs> I will, I will be requiring additional viewings of the Batman regardless. I can say that right. even having reviewed it. But um, awesome. yeah, so check back Monday, 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 12 noon, Batman review will drop and uh, you guys will start to, you know, get a sense of what's going on as we head into theaters out there. But uh, that's Monday. <laughs> so what are we doing today? Well, today we got to talk about some news. Then we are going to rank our top five Marvel TV shows, top five, top five. So we are going to be ranking Marvel TV <laughs> shows. And uh, unlike some of these other cowards out here and these other sites and stuff, we aren't going to just keep it constrained to the MCU, baby. We're going all over the place. So we let, we started this, I think on a random argument or discussion <laughs> we were having last episode and decided we're going to go with it. So we are going to rank out of all the Marvel TV shows produced on any universe, you know, any platform. Live action, though, correct? 
it, I didn't put any rules to this. Oh. I didn't put Whoops. any rules to this. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, what are we going to start like counting out? I mean, that gets tricky just in the you Marvel could do Cinematic like a Universe whole thing just for animation. Honestly, you could, but I mean, yeah, I mean, at this point in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it gets kind of hard to distinguish between which ones. I mean, Doctor Strange is going to take us into animation. So <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. I did not. Oh. I held back from putting X Men ninety two in here. No, <laughs> so I'm just saying I did not go right. that far I didn't so go that far out of the box you can see how this is already going to go so yeah. after the break we will rank our favorite Marvel TV shows and uh, then talk this week's comics so a lot to do uh, let's get uh, let's get started right at the top so let's just break down some quick news flash <laughs> that we thought you guys should uh, know about uh, Craven the Hunter so the latest Spider-Man well let's just talk about Spider-Man in general we got a uh, Release dates for the Spider-Man No Way Home home release, Blu-ray, DVD, digital. And boy, what a release this is going to be, right? Like, I mean, the special features, though, guys, like we're getting a trailer. We had a trailer that had advertised over 80 minutes of kind of bonus material, special features behind the scenes, featurettes, interviews with the cast, you know, probably deleted scenes, Easter egg reveals, like all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, it looks pretty dope. I mean, uh, I'm not always ever since the 2000s, I burned out on like DVDs and special features and stuff. Right. But this one, I said, I mean, I tweeted it like this is one I would watch just, you know, straight yeah. through because it looks like the Spider-Man cast had a ball of a time just making this movie. And a lot of it looks like so much fun. Like they have a photo shoot with Andrew, Toby <laughs> and Tom doing the pointing me. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they did the thing. Like, you know, so yeah, so it's all good. So uh, check that out. Uh, I believe that's coming in April. Is it that Spider-Man's coming? I don't know. Is it? Is that's it coming great. In that is I, a lovely question. Wow, we're talking about it and we don't I, even know that. No, I haven't. It's right I here. I don't get excited for this stuff anymore. And that bums me out. Aww. <laughs> that bums me out. Not like it's just on like April the extras 11th. and stuff. But yeah. I just like, I don't know. I'm in the same spot as Kofi was. I feel like, you know, I don't know. I just like that doesn't hit me as much. I think it's just honestly because we're inundated with it so much on like social and there's so mm -hmm. many things that come out ahead of the movie right. that like once we get to that point i'm like eh. you know <laughs> unless it's like a movie i just like it's like an all-time classic for me or something which spider-man yeah. no way hell was fantastic by the way but i'm just saying like unless it's that level like i really don't i just want to watch the movie again type of thing i don't really i do back. really really want to watch the movie again yeah. like at home just to experience it that way too and see how it, it does on like a you know tv screen um yeah. But yeah, I'm kind of with you, Matt. Like, I am excited, but I do get so much of this just like being on social media and seeing teasers of it. Like, I already saw the meme picture and right, yeah. yeah. And by the time it comes out, yeah, we will have seen half of the things right. that they're talking about. So, like, I don't know. Like, but I'm, I'm so glad that those things were created. That's true. I like, I'm so that. glad because it right. lights up my day, especially when you're having a bad Can I ask day. Ask you both a question. Why yes. do you hate Joy? No hate joy. Just Why realistic. do you hate joy? It's just realistic. <laughs> I mean, what did joy do to you that you hate it so much? All right. Well, this was supposed to be a happy thing that I thought we were all going to coalesce on. No, but, uh, I'm pumped. No, I love it. I, I am. It. My co-host reaction is to go full Michael Jordan and be like, F them special features. All right. So, <laughs> oh, wow. All right. So, Spider-Man's coming. Uh, just to clarify, the digital release will be late March, uh, April 11th for the physical copies will be... <laughs> coming then so 
There's a trailer if you want to see what you're going to be getting in the special features, but uh, that's only if you care, apparently. Okay, so Craven the Hunter movie, <laughs> Spider-Man spinoff, has uh, cast a pivotal Spider-Man villain. Sorry, Matt, it is not Cardiac, but it is Boo! Chameleon. So Chameleon <laughs> will be appearing in Craven the Hunter and uh, is going to be played by White Lotus star Fred Hetchinger. I don't want to Hetchinger, Hetchinger. Uh, who played kind of um, the you know neurotic little brother? I forget if he was on the spectrum in the show or not, but uh, he was a little brother in White Lotus who ended up going surfing and running away from his parents and doing all that. Um, he also appears in the current Pam and Tommy series on Hulu, playing like one of the uh, kind of early kind of uh, people in the adult industry to start making webcams and using I'm computers. And with that show. Yeah, That's it is really fault. good. Lily Rob, it's your fault. I mean, I mean, Lily Rob, I mean, it's we can insane. get into that. Yeah, she's she so good. She is Pamela. Yeah, she is so good. Uh, uh, Lily Rob is so underrated, like it. underrated from Baby Driver to this. Like, she is just a chameleon. I mean, great. I mean, which brings us back to our show. She is a chameleon. Yes, a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did That's there. Amazing. So, um, but Fred Hetchinger in, in Pam and Tommy, I say, is he plays this kind of smarmy, smart kind of scumbag guy. And I could see, like, why he would be good for chameleon in, in that. That kind of reference point. So I that is interesting. Screens, by the way, that like that having him in the movie, that character does up the intrigue a bit just because he's such a wild card. We've seen that character go so many different ways. As with Craven the Hunter, by the way. I mean, yeah. we've seen Craven the Hunter go crazy different ways uh in the comics over the last couple of years. Uh and shout out to Squirrel Girl for one of my favorite versions of the character. That is not the one we are going to get <laughs> most likely in the movie, uh, but I'm still excited about that. So, yeah, I, I think this is a cool addition just because I yeah. don't know what to expect. In, in a movie about a guy hunting things, having somebody in there that can, you know, fool and change his appearance and, yeah. and kind of do that is, like you said, it, if nothing else, it raises a level of intrigue about like what's going on in the story. Speaking of intrigue in the Craven of Hunter movie, the other part of Craven news we got is we may now know who Russell Crowe is playing because this movie gets crazier and crazier. I mean, Russell Crowe is going to be starring in it along Aaron Taylor Johnson. Nuts. And we know he could, we heard early on he could uh, have a significant, that Russell Crowe could have a, significant role and now we're hearing rumors it could be Nikolai Kravenoff the father of Craven the Hunter um, and that would be again that raises the level of intrigue for me uh, even if it's just like Russell Crowe doing scenes with a younger actor who's mm -hmm. not quite Aaron Taylor Johnson yet as Craven's getting you know this crazy training from his father and all of that like that would be kind of an interesting story to see. And again, like Matt said, raises the level of intrigue about like, what is this movie actually about? And kind of how do they get some of these kind of talented actors to really jump into this? This doesn't feel like it's going to be like your 2000s Craven the Hunter movie. It seems like it could be deeper about like fathers and legacy and, right. you know, all this kind of stuff. And especially so. if you have someone like Crow mm -hmm. in a role that does not, I mean, you know, look at Man of Steel. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like that, that character, like could have been just a cameo thing, but that character ended up serving a real purpose and, and a longer kind of arc, even though he wasn't on screen, <laughs> he was at a longer arc in, in Clark's journey. Right. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see how the, like the code comes about, like, and that's something you can get from that father son 
scene of like, you know, we, we have rules because that's the thing about Craven, right? He has a code. He has rules that he abides by. He doesn't like, he wants to hunt somebody, but he wants to hunt someone on an even field. You know, he's going to give someone a weapon if they're in one-on-one combat, he's not going to stab him in the back. Like that, that's his kind of thing. So I, I, I like that. I think this is interesting. Yeah, for sure. Janelle, uh, any quick thoughts before we move on? I mean, I don't know a lot about, about this. All right. Thank you. (laughs) I really don't though, but I, I, I'm asking the chat. I keep asking, like, what do you guys think about this? Like, are you happy with these castings? Like, are you, and I would actually be really excited to be assigned, um, you know, comics to like prepare for this one, because I feel like this is the most, I I feel the, like the least familiar with this character out of almost any of the content that we've covered. Oh, seems like a good excuse. It does. Dive into the the Craven stories. I'm down. I would love that. that. I would love to know where to go with this, like where to start. No, Broadwood, he is no reacher. Craven ain't going to shoot you in the back. That's a reacher thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, so I'm excited for that. And, you know, kind of tying into that, just a quick thing to the, uh, to the audience. Um, you know, if now that we know kind of a few of Sony's like planned Spidey spinoffs, right. Mm -hmm. Um, what is that? And also factoring in like who we've already seen, because even though they're in the multiverse and they're not maybe centric to like Holland's universe, you know, I, obviously we've seen Doc Ock, we've seen Electro, um, we've seen Sandman, but Spidey is like Batman. He has one of the biggest rogues galleries and what it's like one of the most expansive rogues galleries yeah. period. So who, who is the villain you want to see next? You know, I mean, like, clearly it, it's Calypso. Is it Smythe? Uh, you know, like, like a full on like spider slayer run of like really diving into that. Cause like they've toyed with that and stuff. And like that character has popped up, but like, not like in the way the characters popped up in the comics obviously uh you know i mean i was only kind of half joking we are getting a calypso movie aren't we was that like a thing i can't keep track of the ones that are in production and out of production i still want my black cat movie i was just about to say black cat black cat movie i want black cat (laughs) i wanted that movie for yeah that was one the one i was excited about when we thought all these were pipe dreams and they were like announcing movies left and right i was like that one is the one i want especially after seeing the script leaks and stuff that were like hey this is what it's about i was like oh i know great it's a rumor that jody um from um queen and slim and that michael b jordan tom clancy's room about remorse uh jody turner smith is rumored to be in craven as calypso ah uh, there you go i was like no. wow i didn't know they they greenlit a calypso movie <laughs> no, I get a facade? there you go yeah, so I, I yeah, I forgot. There's been so much that happened. The jury? The Can we get them? Can we just get some stop. solo action? <laughs> You'll be lucky you ever thing? see cardiac, so just chill out. I, look, you, I didn't say him, by the way. I was going to, but I didn't say him. Everyone knows already All right. that I want a cardiac. <laughs> so Craven the Hunter is getting to be more and more interesting by the minute. Yeah. Tarantula. I mean, some, tarantula would be good. I miss Tarantula. Let us um, know in the uh on the Comic Book Nation Twitter account. Uh, because I, I actually want to do yeah. I, I might do a poll of like the top ones. Because uh so let yeah. us know there. Oh, Massacre, Tombstone. Yes, great. There's so many. Yeah, so there you go. All right, but we're going to be keeping an eye on this Craven thing because it is getting more and more interesting by the minute. All right, let's see. What else we have? Uh, We usually don't do kind of uh, comics news until we do comics section, but I'm kind of switching that up because I feel like 
you shouldn't just have to push comics into some section like it's all second tier. But uh, big news this week, we're getting a new Batman creative team. Yeah, buddy. Now, this I'm excited about. This I'm stoked about. We're getting Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez. Yeah, that's on great Batman, combo. Uh, starting at 125. Um, so they'll pick up with a new uh, arc failsafe. Uh, Zdarsky's tell already him, man, writing. Tell the real news, though. What's the real news? <laughs> What is the real news? That is the real news. I'm excited for that. Uh, they bringing back my boy Drake. Oh, jeez. <laughs> they bringing back my boy Drake. That's the real news. Okay, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm a '90s kid. Yes, it is a real. It is real news. Like, I love him back, and Tim I was very Drake, excited to see him on the cover. Baby, yeah, I was very right. excited to see him on the cover. Um, and he has been getting the the like kind of shallow end of the sticker however yeah, i mean that. jason tried to make a comeback jason todd made like a resurgence and took over for a while and it's like everybody was like oh tim drake let's forget about that damien's got his own series uh you know like yeah no nightwing's got his own series they're all killing it right now uh so yeah i mean that's that's a that's a good get that's a good it's, get. A, it's, a, drake. it's a good team especially, robin boy coming especially back. with the work that zadarsky uh, zadarsky has done on daredevil and batman the night which i've which i have really enjoyed so, like, I'm I'm stoked for this. I think this is a really cool thing. Which brings us to my question, to everybody. Uh, we're doing that a lot of little, little interaction today, which, which I'm excited about. Um, if you had a dream, because we've already seen Batman is one of those books. It's like I feel like there's almost not a creator out there. There might there probably is, but there's very few. There are very few creators who wouldn't want a shot at Batman just to see what that is. So, is there a dream team? What is your Batman dream team at this point? You know, like what? Like, is it uh, like for me? It's like Gil and Amora, what they're doing on Once a Future. Man, I would love to see what they could do on that book. Uh, I would love a proper Bendis run on on Batman. We've seen him on the character in several different things, but we haven't actually seen him dive into the the series. Um, like, there, there's been a lot of lot of really great teams on this book on Batman. But like, who's your dream team? Let us let us know on uh, Twitter uh, and shout us out. Hickman here. does a multiversal Batman detective story. Yo, Ooh, Hickman, no, that's, that's cool. Good. I'm kind of just messing with you. But well, I, know. I like it. I think that's a good. <laughs> I am I way out of sync with the two of you today. I, <laughs> I think it's oh, a no. good thought. Oh, this list is gonna be scary. <laughs> I think that would be interesting. I don't know. No, it would be. I mean, a multiversal Batman story would actually be kind of fun if it like. Not into outer space, but like just different versions of Earth yes. and him having to investigate something across them. Yeah. And keep lots of charts, lots of charts lots for that of investigation char- uh, would be great. Um, <laughs> that'd be nuts. Uh, we should make that happen. All right. But uh, that is the Batman creative team. I'm really excited. Um, and, and just to be, I wasn't just screaming out Tim Drake just to be flippant. Uh, I love Tim Drake, not just because I'm a 90s kid, but. He's always the Robin that I think is the most match for Batman in a weird mm-hmm. kind of way. Because of, I mean, just from how he got the job being like an actual detective and sneaking into the Batcave to the drama with his father and all that stuff that he had. Like, uh, I think Tim Drake's great. And, uh, you know, they're really doing some expansive stuff with the character. And I want to see what a renewed take on him and Batman is like now. So after everything they've both been through. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, the Batman universe, ever a quick tease. Uh, there's an interview going live today later when I actually get to write it. <laughs> <laughs> that uh that i'm very excited uh because got a first look at the uh white knight batman beyond Ooh. uh and uh that if, if you're a fan of like the batman universe that alternate universe of batman 
Oh, uh, <laughs> ew, ew. What was that? It's gonna be amazing. It's well, so you better, you, you better. What was it's that? So you better good. keep it, keep it together uh, with your reactions. It's gonna be good, man. I'm flipping. Oh my god, I'm giddy. Right. I'm well, giddy. there goes there goes my eyeballs for the day. That's burned in there. All right, so let's keep on moving. I didn't put it in the show notes, but before we take a break, I did. I did put it in the summary. Uh, I'm just gonna touch on the Netflix. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we're going to do a spoiler-free right. review of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, on Netflix. I forgot to put the trailer vroom, in here. Yeah. Is that a chainsaw? <laughs> yeah, I want to check this out because... That has it, all the sound effects today. I know, man. I'm a Foley artist. <laughs> Even though we don't necessarily want them or we were traumatized by them, he still has them. Thank you, buddy. Um, I love it. So there's a new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie out on Netflix. It is a kind of direct sequel they're doing the direct sequel thing to the original one, um, like the original, original, not like the remake. And it got a lot of controversy. Um, so I decided to check it out. People saying it was like somehow unusually brutal or wasn't good. Uh, and I watched it. And I mean, it feels very much like a COVID era production of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It It is unusually nihilistic and kind of pretty brutal in a way. Uh, but, uh, maybe that's not what people want right now, but it is, I mean, there is, it's in Texas. There is a chainsaw and there definitely <laughs> is a massacre. So I feel like it went there and did what it is, but, um, I could get why people were put off by it. Uh, it was a hard watch. I tried to do it while working and, and there were moments that just kind of made me stop working and was just like, Ooh, like embracing like not in a good way and i'm a pretty okay with horror movies but uh yeah there was a lot of kind of just brutal almost nihilistic stuff like yeah you get attached to characters and things don't go well for like anybody in this so it is a very not feel good movie and you do not end feeling very good uh yeah you know you feel like the leather faces of the world are out there and it is a weird kind of message because it's about this kind of would be utopian collective of very, you know, woke new age kids who go to and buy up the town in Texas to make their own kind of restaurant promenade, getting ahead of the everybody leaving cities, going to rural area post pandemic thing. And then, you know, they try to buy, you know, they run afoul of Leatherface in his home and all of that's never explained, but how he just kind of a town's looking for an infamous serial killers just hanging out in town. But anyway, <laughs> forgetting all that who's obviously the biggest weirdest person in the town so you know never mind all that but uh yeah and it's just about leatherface cutting down these kids and reminding them like you can't new age everything and so like yeah it was weird but uh it was a texas it was chainsaw and it was a massacre so i felt like at least i got what was promised so I don't know. I didn't make you guys watch this. Uh, I, I know. I didn't want to give Janelle PTSD. Bless you. Yeah. Thank there you. was one. I cannot remember which one it was, but there was one Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was at a friend's house and it was on. Like they were just watching it and I wasn't really like paying attention. I was doing other stuff. But then like I started watching it and like it's one that like someone was. I mean, this is probably describes. I'm not the biggest like. <laughs> Uh, expert on these movies so I'm sure this describes like a bunch of them but someone was strapped in a chair and was like having something done to their arm 
And I remember turning around, like I turned around when that was happening. I was like, oh my God, like it actually freaked me out to the point I kind of like, like got up and like kind of probably Michael it Bay. It was probably the Michael Bay, like I was like, oh God, no. That one Jessica oh. Beale. There's a lot of kids. Uh, I think that, that might have maybe that was it. Uh but they yeah, also I, have like the beginning that was like the origin of leather. Like there's been so many crazy knockoff Texas chainsaw massacre ones. They bring back the surviving actress from the original uh, who got away. The one, you know, the infamous scene of her running away and leather her face chasing her at the end. In this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. They bring her back. So it's like a direct sequel. It's one of those things. And so, but even that is really nihilistic and muddled because, yeah, I don't want to get into spoilers, but this is one of those horror movies where people make a lot of insane decisions that you're just like, yeah, you probably should die. Um, <laughs> all right. So that's Matt, Texas Chainsaw I watched Massacre. your show. I, I started the show that what is it the the one you said in Slack uh, that you oh were, the one about uh, Anna uh, yes oh inventing I, Anna I, I did oh. start it I wasn't even gonna watch it but when you mentioned that you might bring it up I was like okay fine and I'm glad I did it's actually turning out to be pretty oh great. my god that show was like yeah. really good <laughs> all the way through it's so good. I gotta Netflix. get on this glass ceiling posting all right here we go <laughs> co-hosts. Too wow. <laughs> All right. So we're good. With Wait, that glass said, door? Uh, glass ceiling. Oh, a glass door? I know. <laughs> I like, bro, well, are you trying to shatter a glass ceiling? Or are you bro, trying to I don't apply to jobs. I don't apply to jobs. I get recruited. Okay. Like, just <laughs> chill out. I don't know. I don't apply to jobs. My resume hasn't been spruced up in many a year. I get recruited. Okay. Like, that's the level. That's the level uh, we're working on. Day by day. And after this podcast episode, I may need a recruiter. So. We're going to take a break, pay some bills so that at least they don't cancel us. And uh, when we come back, it is time to rank our favorite Marvel TV shows. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that drama. Okay, we are back. Comic Book (laughs) Nation Season 4. We are here to rank our favorite Marvel TV shows. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go around and each of us will give our picks starting at our least favorite or uh, number five. Not yeah, we favorite. can't right. say least. This is our top yeah. five. So this is the yeah. best of the best. And this is just our lowest of those five. Is that does that work? I think that's good. That's yeah, like I feel like we should honorable mention at the end. You can, no. No, You're not running it. no. You want to start not. with an honorable mention? Of course, honorable okay. mentions are things that didn't make the list, but you I let know. people know they didn't make the list and give them just a, a little okay. comfort of why. So <laughs> we're not going to reverse like the order of uh, sporting here. We're going to do this the way it goes. So each of us will give our number five picks, and then we'll go around. Okay, so here we go. Wait, number well, five, not wait. honorable mention. Yeah, are we giving our honorable mention or number? Oh my five? god, the number of. <laughs> I we did this before the show in the show. Yeah, you know, top sounds five, how good. And then I said, what did slot. I say before the show? I feel like I'm in dad mode right now. What did Inhumans. I, <laughs> I said before the show, when you do your number five. Oh, do it with it. Just oh, do your honorable oh, mention. Gosh. Okay. I I remember that is what okay. Daddy's going to start. You guys. I remember. Go. So you definitely did it. <laughs> Daddy goes going to start. You guys just follow along. Okay. All right. Here we go. So here I go first. My number five pick, but first I'm going to start with my honorable mention. There you go. There you go. My honorable mention was Legion, which is the Legion TV show, which is on FX. Legion was 
and is still one of the most unique interpretations of Marvel property that I have ever seen. Um, it was just you. It took the story of Professor X's son and his multiple personality disorder and his massive mutant powers and actually turned it into this unique Noah Crowley who does Fargo now and all that uh, actually did a spectacular job just making it in this own kind of metaphoric interpretation of mental health and, you know, all of this stuff, but also wove in a whole bunch of sick X-Men mythos involving the shadow King and, you know, the shadow King trying to get back at Xavier through his son and, you know, and being embedded in his brain. And uh, yeah, it was just great. And it, it was just, like I said, there's nothing else that's ever been produced like it. And it's take on mutants and powers and just the crazy X-Men-ness of it all from space time to other, you know, planets and stuff. It was great. So I don't think it's better than some of the other things on here, but for its uniqueness, it is my honorable mention. So I'm so glad you picked that. Cause yeah, when I too. saw that, I was like, yes, okay. That's getting on the list. We're good. <laughs> all right. So my number five pick is actually going to be, Agents of Shield, sometimes referred me. to of Agents of Shield. This surprised you that I picked this? Yes, it surprised me. Okay, at number okay. five, at like number five, I was actually surprised this made the this made the cut. No, it does make the cut, and Agents of Shield makes my top five because I think it is probably one of the more underrated Marvel properties that has been. Uh, I got you know I was really just kind of hitting the stride of this business when the MCU really hit phase you know, culminated phase in, in the first phase of the Avengers team up and was like a kid in a candy store for what came next in phase two, when the universe really kind of opened up from into these shared stories and agents of shield man had to do the hard job of Marvel kind of starting this commitment to tie it directly to the MCU and then kind of stutter stepping on that commitment and the early episodes, I mean, were rough. Nobody's going to argue. Those season one early episodes are rough. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. pulled one of the best turns I've ever seen in when Captain America, the Winter Soldier, came out and S.H.I.E.L.D. fell apart and the show had to deal with all of that. And that's when I feel like it really began to hit its stride and become its own thing. And even though the chips were down so many times on this show and it looked like it could get canceled, they kept kind of squeaking it over the line and coming back and coming back and coming back and largely just on the strength of the cast and the creators and their charisma and their commitment to this. And so it was always fun. It kept us in Marvel long before these Disney plus series had us talking every week. Agents of shield kept us in Marvel fun week after week after week. And it sustained me. And even if it wasn't the top, for me to watch in the week and it was just on my DVR I was always surprised that when I sat down for that hour long episode how much I actually enjoyed it by the time the end credits rolled and was like oh man you know even I felt week to week like I was sleeping on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. so it was just a kind of early trailblazer for what we now have as MCU TV shows and yeah there were so many I mean there were a lot of arcs I loved the Hydra Rising arc I loved the LMD world arc in that whole kind of dark universe arc. I loved Ghost Rider. It gave us a whole new Ghost Rider. There's just a lot that it did. So, you know, it was a good time. Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. for as campy and silly as it was. All right, let's throw it over to uh, Matt. Why don't you give us your uh, honorable mention and yeah. your number five pick? Yeah, so uh, honorable mention is uh, 
is 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 a show that kind of sort of never was, <laughs> but it exists. The pilot does anyway of New Warriors, uh, which was canceled uh, wrongly. We were robbed of a of a great show and and seeing all the at one point uh, the showrunner uh started like revealing footage <laughs> and showing images and stuff on social media and like i like once he saw squirrel girl in action i was like oh my god like i can't believe the show did not actually happen and like night thrasher and speedball were going to be part of this there was no firestar but that's okay i forgive it but like i i was pumped for this especially when they started talking about like what the show really was and also why it was canceled uh, again, crap reasons. And uh, I was robbed. So this was my, this was my honorable mention. Yes, it counts because <laughs> they film stuff. It exists. I'm okay with that. Um, and then for my number like five spot, uh, this was hard because uh, this was actually between uh, it ended up being between defenders and runaways. And I went defenders because I feel like, especially at the time defenders, I know it has its critics, but like defenders really delivered to me on this promise of we're going to get all these characters coming together. We've, we've gone through their seasons. They've become individuals on their own. And now we're going to see them all kind of mix and match and, and intermingle. I, I thought it delivered. And to me, it was the one thing, the one actual show that made iron fist tolerable <laughs> i thought iron fist was like good in this but it was because of all the other characters kind of helping to kind of build around right so like you could ignore some of the weaknesses of that kind of premise of the character um and and i like some of those interactions i mean especially seeing iron fist and luke cage uh mike culture's luke cage i adore um you know so like I, I just loved it felt like a fun it was it was shorter too it was a shorter series which I think actually helped it uh, you know I it might have actually could have probably been even a little shorter uh, to give kind of to maximize everything so I just I really thought it delivered it was it was full of action but honestly you watch those kinds of shows for and those kinds of projects for all the fun little character moments all the banter between them. And I thought it delivered that. And I really, it came away satisfied. Like I came away enjoying that. I didn't necessarily need another one. I would have liked another one if those series had continued. Obviously they did not. Uh, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. So that's why to me, it comes in at number five. It was a difficult choice because Runaways is very good, but I really just, I think this paid off. Nice. Okay. So oh, I guess it's Janelle, my turn, yeah. right? Your turn. It I, it is so hard <laughs> to defend. I don't want to even fight, but God, I am not a fan of defenders at all. <laughs> but I just feel like they did Danny Rand so so bad. Um, okay, uh, my honorable mention, and this is probably going to catch some flack because it should probably be higher up on the list. But um, and it was like tied with me with number four, but obviously no ties are allowed. So my honorable mention is Punisher. Uh, I. As I made this list, I was starting to realize how much I am loyal to actors and how much I like if I fall in love with someone who played a role that I love in something else, I tend to just like go bananas when I see them in something else. So John Berthnall from The Walking Dead, he was Shane. Uh, that is like the first comic booky like opportunity I had. So The Walking Dead will always be so near and dear to my heart. So anything that I see him in, I just get so excited about on top of him just being brilliant. Like this was such an awesome 
show. It was just so <laughs> brutal. And it was just different than the super superhero-y stuff that I had seen in the past. Um, it felt just like really dark and gritty. It felt really emotional for me. I was really wrapped up in the story. I really, really, really wanted to season three. Uh, I felt like there was more story to tell. And um, just seeing like his struggle, it, I don't know. I just fell in love with this character and I love the show. So that's definitely my honorable mention. And the only reason why it's not up higher is because another another one of my favorite actors was in a different show. So I like fell in love with that one. Um, my number five is actually one that you guys have rated higher. So I'm not going to go too much into it because I want you guys to go ham on it. But I put Daredevil at five. And that is, uh, it's an obvious hit. Like, I feel like it's one of the easiest shows in in Marvel history to love. Uh, and again, the only reason why I even have it lower ranked on my you know, on my list is just because of these Disney plus shows that just hit it like out of the park for me. If you would have asked me before any Disney plus thing was released, obviously it'd be in like my top two. Um, but it was, I feel like the thing that really stayed with me on daredevil was obviously, um, our villain is one of the most memorable and amazing villains of all time. Like Fisk is just, spectacular the casting was amazing and then the fight choreography like i remember just being blown away at this fight choreography i'm actually watching it again because i panicked and i was like oh my god i'm not gonna be able to watch it <laughs> but uh but yeah i'm going back and watching it again i'm just still like blown away it, it holds up like you can watch this over and over again and i i really thought there were more than three seasons like in my mind i thought that i watched this for like six <laughs> seasons or something um but that's my number five, and I'll let you guys get more into it whenever you rank. You're muted, Kofi. Yeah, we're gonna have to hear what the rest is. I mean, you just praised your number <laughs> five pretty heavily, so you're gonna have. To it do was a lot spectacular. It's so good, though. I love all these shows so no, much. Can't do that. I can't do that. This is <laughs> yeah, there's no losers here. I know Kofi. it's so no, hard. No losers. <laughs> I mean, our streams. If you guys keep ranking, aside, aside from five, me, who losers. lost New Warriors. All right. Um, you know, not to go backwards, but we did forget to do a proper introduction for this segment. The whole reason okay. why we are ranking Marvel TV shows this week is it came up as a part of the conversation that the Marvel Netflix series are going to be landing, have gone back to Disney and are already kind of scheduled to be appearing on Disney Plus in certain regions. But uh, we know that they're back in the family and the fate of those Marvel Netflix shows and the characters in them are big talking points right now. So this is why we decided to go back and rank our Marvel TV shows. It just got us kind of nostalgic and thinking. All right. So that said, my number four pick, and I think we're going to start to pick up a little faster here as we cross over each other, is Defenders. Uh, so Matt and I had this really close. He had it at number five. I have it at number four. And um, I have it there. Uh, stop. You just ranked down to five. Your opinion is <laughs> just, on the chopping block. Iron Fist, he just sucked so bad in it. Yeah, that's he why they ripped anyway. one of the whole time. Yeah, the no, anyway. but like they didn't have to write him like that. They could have oh, made us like bro, the hero. There was no, no saving Danny Ren. And yeah, he was, there was no saving that man. Yeah. So sad. It's so sad. <laughs> like he was like a kid, and he was like an overgrown kid, and the rest of them were into some hard shit. You make see him what the rest like of the defenders were doing with their lives, man? They should have ripped on him. But anyway, stop the hate. <laughs> Avengers was a small screen Avengers team up. Um, it, it, it did deliver, like Matt said. 
it took these characters more so than the MCU. Even it, it took characters with these deep character stories that we had really gotten to know and brought them all together. And it honored every single one of those characters as who they are for better or for worse. Janelle, I'm sorry, but the Danny Rand in that defenders is the same one who just stepped out. He literally, it is iron fist, like 1.5 season 1.5. It really is. It's the same Danny. <laughs> the only thing is there's Luke cage and the rest of them to call him out for his nonsense in this uh. um, and to wonder about his glowing fist and stuff. So <laughs> like Matt said, the ensemble of actors, Charlie Cox, Kristen, um, Kristen Ritter and uh, Finn Jones and Mike Coulter were, so good bouncing off one another and the scene in the in the red in the chinese restaurant is one of my favorite marvel scenes period so good them just having a conversation and then having it end in a fight uh and i remember i was at new york comic-con for comicbook.com i believe yeah was that yeah for us when we when sigourney weaver came out on stage as the villain in that and any show that you have Sigourney Weaver playing like a villain is is just badass to me. And, and she had fun with it. Yeah, she had a great fun. And she was like a great and I mean, she was a great arch villain. And uh, Elodie Young as as Electra and the black, you know, that whole thing was was great. It was a culmination of like all the shows and and brought in a lot of great stuff. And oh, my poster just fell on my back. I was like, that scared me. I was like, who just grabbed me? I almost had like one of those like. Old childhood scary story freak. It's out. Danny like, Rand. Like, You're talking junk about it. It was I Iron Fist. Kilgrave grabbed my mind or something. Man. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, Defenders just did it. I mean, it delivered. And I was kind of just mad. I was actually mad they didn't get a season, like another uh, another chance at that. Because I thought there was yeah another team up that should have been had. But I'm never going to be able to explain. I guess people felt like Janelle did. Like, why that one? Because, I mean, Defenders did flop hard when you go back and look at the stats and so you know it is kind of weird that that happened but uh rp defenders uh, i did love you yeah no for sure is it me it's my it's my it's my turn next yep i think uh so staying in that family uh i look um few we always talk about actors that like just <laughs> it, like come in and embody the characters they play RDJ is a perfect example of, you know, Tony Stark. Like he, it just is Tony Stark, right? Chris Evans is Captain America. Kristen Ritter is Jessica Jones. And there is Jessica Jones just ruled like that, that series, like the, she came in and it was like the first episode. It's the first episode. And you just buy in immediately. And you're like, yes, this is exactly the Jessica Jones that honestly, I even want more of in the comics as we've seen her, in the comics of, in, in this way. Um, but like, I want, I want even more of that. Like it just made it, it made it a crime that there wasn't more of her going on in the comics at the time. Matt, uh, did then, you know, we both put this in the same spot. Did we? <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. Oh my God. Well, you're just going to save us some time. Both yeah. Of you. We should no. just talk about it together. Yes, I agree. No, for the sure. Image that you pulled for it. Cause this is the image I pulled for it too. <laughs> No, that's the one you pulled. Okay, because like literally, okay, I'll tell you why, but continue. Sorry, I just thought it was so cool. We are thinking on the same page. <laughs> no, no, I, it's just it, also too, like, you know, we talked about like Sigourney Weaver for Defenders. The casting in this show is tremendous. Like everybody from like, like Ika as, as Malcolm is a character that you just end up caring so much for, uh, you know, throughout as the season goes on, you're just invested. You're invested in Trish. You're invested in, you know, Jen. Uh, sorry, yeah. Jerry. 
Um, you know, and like, of course, I imagine you're probably going to get to him a little bit, but like yes. Kilgrave <laughs> is one of the best villains. Like, he's just one of the best Marvel villains as far as like how they executed him. And, yep. you know, so I, I'll let you jump in. But yeah. Okay. I, I yes. Obviously, Matt and I are on the same page here. I, I honest to God, if I, if I could, I would put Punisher and Jessica Jones like in the same league because to me, they're they're like right there with each other. But the thing that pushes this up higher on my list is David Tennant because he is my favorite doctor. I have a TARDIS behind me. I am. It's my favorite show of all time is Doctor Who. And uh, and David Tennant is just insane like he's so amazing as an actor in anything but this role was made for him <laughs> it was just he's spectacular in it like i can't get over it the other thing that i really loved about this was obviously like they weren't afraid to be bloody and gory and right. rated r and have that really dark tone like i really appreciate that they didn't hold back on that with Punisher or uh, Jessica Jones. And then obviously like, it's just great to see a female lead, you know, a female led right. superhero TV show that is just dark and gritty and gory and, and, you know, wrapped up in a lot of like adult content that I just really, really appreciate. Yeah. yeah like Daredevil was not afraid to get dark mm -hmm. and in tone and it deals with a lot of, you know, um, gritty subject matter at times, but Jessica Jones really pushed that envelope and to me showed that first season showed like how far they were willing to go in and really like dark emotional stories and there's there's a lot of like there's like scenes in that like that are just kind of hard to watch but just from a like you you empathize as much as you can you know what i mean like there's just some really screwed up stuff going on and these characters have to really overcome a lot but i just thought that like that set a template for me moving forward that like hey here's where we can go with these characters we're not afraid to jump into that deep emotional end of the pool as opposed to like just a dark superhero story um we're, we're okay with going to a dark human story and i thought that that this show overall just kind of embodied that you know um, also, shout out to Hellcat. I, like I think you guys her. are, uh, I, I agree with you, but the reason I left off Jessica Jones and Luke Cage from my list personally was I had to look over the assignment, which was rate your favorite Marvel TV shows, meaning the entire thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought seasons two and three of Jessica Jones were so much weaker. Uh, ow. Stop. Jessica's mad at you now. Ah, oh, season two, I First, love. Was, season uh, three, I get. Though. Season three was was a little bit. Of a start. <laughs> I thought season two and three were so much weaker than season one, and they never got, they never ever got a villain to replace what Kilgrave brought to the table. And I, I just okay. thought, as an overall show, the like season one is such a standout amongst. Like if we were doing seasons, I'd put Jessica Jones in my top three seasons of. Yeah, it's it's shows. excellent. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the rest of it got dragged down. Same with Luke Cage, and I even. I stumped for Luke Cage so hard. I love that. But I think Luke Cage season two with Bushmaster with a with a what's his name Isaiah who was in Cowboy Bebop as Bushmaster was good. But like the second half of Luke Cage season one again kind of uneven. So I didn't I couldn't co-sign that. But I agree with everything you guys just said about you know the love letter to Jessica Jones season one. Uh, I've never seen a show that's more scary since probably Terminator two. I don't think I've seen a villain who's more Ooh. scary about like keeping you unsure about who is who and like, what is what? And even when you think everything is safe, suddenly everything turns very unsafe and you're like, Oh yeah. God. And like doing that 
as an expression for the experiences of women um, through the ex- traumas of, you know, everything that would later come out in like me too and all that stuff. Jessica Jones pushed that envelope way before that became a mainstream thing. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Marvel was willing to go there on any level was real impressive. So no hate on Jessica. Nice. Jones. And I loved Chris and Ritter. I stumped through two seasons of the B in apartment. 22. Me too. Let's go. Let's not even get started. I was, I was on to Chris and Ritter before this She's ever great. popped off. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's get to your pick. All right. Come on. <laughs> Don't watch me. I just listened to you guys do a whole move. We were, It was our pick. It was your pick. I'll be faster <laughs> coming up because we've talked a All lot. All right. Lot my number three is also Matt's number three. So we can do this. Uh, Which is Loki. Loki, Uh, buddy. If you guys remember, if you're longtime fans of the show, you remember me and Matt pretty much had the same MCU TV show rankings uh, when we did that kind of earlier this year. And so Loki is uh, both of our number threes in overall Marvel TV shows. And I think Loki is my number three simply because it is, to me, probably one of the most fun Marvel TV shows that we've ever had. And it's carried by a charisma of one of the best Marvel actors we've ever had. Tom Hiddleston introduced us a great new kind of female anti-hero in um, uh, Sophie. Was her name Sophie? Yes. I don't want to say female Loki anymore. But uh, no, Sophia D. Uh, what was her name in the show? Sylvie. Sylvie. Right? Sylvie. Sylvie. Yeah. Sylvie. Yes. Yeah. Sophia is her real name. Sylvie was her character name. Yes. So Sylvie, like, and that was great in their whole dynamic. And plus the entire kind of novelty of introducing the marvel multiverse the tva and leading up to kang and jonathan major's big debut was i mean marvel can fail horribly when it tries to do this expansive universe stuff on top of telling focus character stories iron man 2 eternals and so like what loki pulled that off so well on like even on a tv budget when there was moments of green screen and stuff it was still a lot of fun. Like that episode where he and Sophie take the train and get stranded on the dying planet is still one of my favorite Marvel TV episodes. And a lot of it's just them talking and bantering and having fun with each other. But uh, it it took like, I mean, Loki is the ultimate MVP of the MCU. He was supposed to be like a one-off villain in Thor and look at what Tom Hiddleston has done with that. And, and, and we proved that in a series, it's even more fun with more Tom Hiddleston and a bunch of variants and even crocodile Loki. And just the viewing experience of watching that show, is has been probably my most fun collective fan viewing experience. Um, close yeah. peacemakers are close second, but like Loki was fun week to week. We all were just going nuts about like what we were going to see and, you know, theories and it was great. So Loki, good times. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think he said it well. Like I, I came and I came in, I think what made it what raises it a notch for me is that I came in burnt out on the character. Like I had seen him enough. I'd been like, okay, like there's not really like, I'm not the biggest Loki fan just in general. Right. So it's not like I came in here with a predisposition for loving that character. So I was like, okay, I've seen enough. I don't think you can do anything new. And so then to come in and end up being just like blown away and have it become one of my favorite seasons, just from week to week, just from the sheer, I mean, Owen Wilson and Hiddleston's just back and forth, just choose scenery. It doesn't matter what they're doing. <laughs> they walking down a hallway and it's like, I'd watch a full West wing, like walk and talk with just Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. Like that's, they're, they're amazing. So for me to reverse so much on that and just to come away, just like, yes, I want a season two. And thankfully we're getting one. I just, you know, cannot give it enough flowers. 
Like it's it's just it was fun. I enjoyed seeing the drink berries. Champs. It's uh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite pockets. But uh yeah, no, I I really I really came away enjoying this and I did not expect to when I win it. So, you know, very excited for the next one. Speaking of speaking of not expecting, (laughs) uh, (laughs) my number three, I feel like you guys are going to freak out, uh, is Hawkeye. Um, I can't believe that I'm saying this because I was not team Hawkeye for so long. Like in general, in the Avengers, I was just kind of like, he's pointless. Why is he here? I don't understand. (laughs) I, I just kind of ignored his character (laughs) and then this show dropped and i am in love with so many of these characters this is everything i've ever wanted from like a holiday superhero tv show that i i will i will probably watch this show more than even my one and two picks over the course of my life because I'm going to watch this season and whatever goes on, if it's holiday themed every single time Christmas season rolls up, like I'm going to continue to enjoy this over and over and over again. Um, Surprise hit won me over at Kate Bishop stole my heart again, shocked because I didn't know a lot about her character. They did a spectacular job of showing who she is and what she's about and building her story. And I am just so freaking pumped about echo. Exactly. Chris, I'm excited about echo. Um, you know, I just, I can't find anything wrong with it. I just am so excited about this. And I know it's like not as serious as Jessica Jones or Daredevil or Punisher. And, but it's, it's a little bit lighter and I welcomed it so much. Like it just felt so good to watch the show. So that's my number three. Okay. Let's keep it moving. We're getting up to the top twos. My number two series was WandaVision. So, uh, it's been a while. So to revisit WandaVision was, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people now. We have an entire Marvel podcast. We have a lot of Marvel <laughs> on our comicbook.com staff, but none of them has an article predating me saying WandaVision is going to be that noise. Cause I saw just when Marvel started doing just like the first upfronts for what it was. And they showed me WandaVision. Everybody was just like, okay, that looks weird. It's like a, throwback sitcom okay and i was like (laughs) no given who these characters are given the comic book history this is going to be whacked out and weird and is probably going to open a lot of doors that we don't expect and i mean it's on it i have it on i have it on paper it's on comicbook.com you can track it down but we have proof we have proof but i called it and i was just and i was so happy to be right in this case like wandavision took everything about the nature of TV and the history of TV. And if you're somebody like me who did grow up, like nobody raised me in front of a TV I was raised by professors, but like I did watch a lot of TV. I remember a lot of that history. And I used to have an old elderly kind of babysitter who was into Nick at night and the, and rewatching all the 1950s and 60s shows. And this was an interesting experiment. And I said that Loki was fun week to week, but, uh, I'm actually kind of now thinking if I remember that correctly, because WandaVision, the theories, man, the theories. Wow. Like, I know we felt burnt out by the end when we didn't get our Mephisto and we got Ralph Boner instead. But uh, WandaVision's theories were so fun. We were all hyped. Magneto was showing up. Ultron was coming back. Mephisto <laughs> would be there. Like. House of M was popping off. You're like, making me sad. <laughs> none of that happened. But it wasn't. I'm embarrassed. Can I go hide now? But we had just been through like a pandemic and just having everybody come together for Marvel again 
like again was great and it really showcased first of all why lizzie olsen should have been like a star of this like i mean one of the headlining stars of this franchise all along and why wanda scarlet witch deserves proper treatment that flashback episode uh the penultimate mode episode where agatha takes her back through her memories is one of my favorite marvel like kind of content episodes ever like it's just wonderfully done and yeah what didn't we get out of wandavision besides you know full scarlet witch a new vid- white vision agatha harkness the the hit song uh you know billy tommy set up for multiverse of matt like i mean and it was just crazy week to week and the theories were awesome so wandavision and also underneath that you got this great story that again like jessica jones marvel nailed a very female centric story with very female themes and concerns about everything from motherhood to just you know what image is expected of women over the course of history and all that stuff and yeah, it was great. Plus, on the outside, we got in the most. All, we proved that the MCU could take even D level kind of supporting characters, team them up, and make it awesome with like Jimmy Woo and Cat uh, Dennings and you know Monica Rambo. Like, so all of that was great. Wandavision was hype. All right. Well, uh, we'll move into my number two, which is uh, as Janelle uh, lovingly talked about, is Hawkeye. Uh, I, I, yeah. this, this was look. This would have been you know, my number one on any given list. And in fact, on my MCU list, uh, it is, it is, <laughs> this is my number one. Um, I, I adore the show, especially I was coming from the same spot as, as Janelle. I, I, it is well documented that like, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of Clint Barton and Hawkeye. This um, is so ironic. Me who's been screaming Hawkeye's <laughs> heart and Avengers yeah, is the only I'm one not, who didn't. It's not on it. your list. I, I, yeah, I know. Right. Ironically. Oh. Um, so yeah, like I just never, I was never a big fan. Right. And so that's why I was excited for the show because I was excited for the show for all the reasons that it wasn't Clint. It was Kate. And we were going to finally get her in and like her kind of moving into that spot, which I was a huge fan of. We were the tease of Yelena jumping in, like all these echo, all these people that weren't Clint. And then I came away from the show loving all those things as much as I thought I would. I, I have, there are a few shows uh, Marvel or any really show, right? It has to be like, it has to really capture something for me to like go back and just rewatch scenes on YouTube over and over and over again. And I, I swear I've watched those reaction cuts of people watching the various Bishop and uh, Yelena scenes, whether it's the macaroni scene or it's a scene, the fight, like go into the elevator and all that. I have rewatched those numerous times and it does not get old. I just adore like their chemistry and just everything about the show and as janelle said it's just a fun christmas time thing i loved it i absolutely love it so uh i hope excited season two more of that i but i can't believe i'm I'm, you know saying that about (laughs) yeah show we need uh that that steinfeld pew team up is we need that put it in my veins yeah Uh, okay, so my number two, we're on two, right? Golly, I can't even keep track. Number two, obviously, you guys have both hit this. Uh, we're going to probably sync up a little bit here, but my number two is Loki. I'll be quick because I know <laughs> we're pushing it. Uh, I love the show because I feel that it is critical to the MCU. Uh, I feel like if you are enjoying any of this multiversal stuff, you really need to make sure that you watch this. And um, I love that the 
character they decided to make really important. And this is Loki because unlike Matt, I am not burned out on Loki. Loki's one of my favorite characters and always has been since the beginning. Um, I love his mischief and I always thought he was super hot. And so I feel like it's really easy to love Thor, but it's harder to love Loki and I've always loved Loki. So it's so cool to like be given a reason like to love Loki in the MCU because I feel like they never really gave us a reason to cling to him. And I wanted to, I was like there, I'm like, I really want to like him. Like, just give me something. So they did. And I think Sylvie is one of these characters that just stand out for me. Um, If we get to see more of her and really get to know her more, she will probably become one of my favorite characters ever. Um, And then, yeah, it just, this was the only show that I watched. Honestly, that felt like a movie. For me like I really feel like I was watching a movie so that is why I love Loki yay number two all right and let's close this out now the big reveal <laughs> what is all of our number one picks it's not gonna be that exciting I think we begin to converge right here right really yeah. so let's just get through it my number one and Matt's number one pick Matt would you like to reveal what it is sure it is Daredevil Okay, so for me, uh, it is Daredevil. Daredevil is the best Marvel TV show because, again, um, I have bias to the time and place of like how I got in this career in you know going into the 2010s, and I just remember the time before Daredevil got here, like the discussion of whether Marvel could do things like Marvel Knights, you know, Midnight Suns, this more leaning into the R-rated kind of pool of things was unheard of. Like we thought no way, especially later on when Disney got, you know, no way. Like it's never going to happen. We're never going to get this proper kind of darker, edgier street level Marvel that we wanted. And then Daredevil drops, right? And we go into Daredevil, just remembering the Ben Affleck movie. A lot of people not liking that interpretation and seeing this guy that few people had ever heard of unless you watch boardwalk empire like i did you didn't really know who charlie cox was and you had no idea and you start seeing these promo images and it's the you know the classic man without fear head wrap and the black suit and you're like okay but is that like really daredevil and you're just kind of wondering and then we fired up this series right and holy free holes daredevil was the game changer I mean, the just the brutality. Janelle said it when she did her number five review, you know, placement. But the brutality, the fight sequencing, the level of performance from actors like Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk, mm-hmm. the building of an entire Marvel villain as something more than just a generic like one-off kill, you know, bad guy with a yeah. generic army was totally new for the MCU. And it has redefined how we even approach village, uh, villains in, in this franchise. But yeah, uh, it was just great. And it was treated like an adult TV show and not just like some comic book TV show. And by the time Wilson Fisk was smashing a guy's head in a door or some guy was impaling himself through the eye on a fence, I was like, yeah, Marvel Knights is real, bro. And like, we could do this. And so I put Daredevil on here because Daredevil is also one of the rare Marvel series to establish its own kind of traditions and signatures from the, from the, you know, the one track tracking fights every season that we had to get to different things that happen. It, it became its own kind of signature and it sustained its quality through three seasons. I, I remember seeing the bullseye fight in season three at New York comic con and just being like, Oh my God. And just 
even when you rewatch season three and they do uh, Bullseye's whole story and yeah. his origin one, you like Marvel Netflix got a fair rap for having too many episodes in that 13 episode run and burning us out and kind of making those seasons too long. But Daredevil did it three seasons. I mean, season two with Punisher and Elektra and, you know, that whole thing like Daredevil did it three seasons. And I go back and I watch and I appreciate it so much more. And it's a show that deserved to be saved. And why we got Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio back in the MCU because it was too good to fail and too good to be forgotten. So Daredevil is my number one. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't add too much, too much more. Um, you know, for me, the reason it is number one is a combination of the fact that over three seasons, the show delivered across the board uh, and it and it rehabbed several characters that had been <laughs> portrayed in that movie. You know, like Electra is fantastic. Like the work they did with Electra in the hand just like makes it feel like the character and the threat it's supposed to feel same way with Kingpin, same way with Bullseye. Um, you know, like uh, someone mentioned in the comics, I think it was Brywood, Ben Yurick, a fantastic uh, portrayal of this character. Like everything from like all the, all the characters really play a part. And honestly, for me, like one of the most comic accurate depictions of like Punisher, like what an introduction to that character and just pulling scenes directly from the comics and interpreting them in a way that just like you didn't really ever think you'd see. And you never really thought you'd see that. And the just the, 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 gun test. Yeah. But oh. delivered with the the emotion and the drama that you you felt when you read those moments for the first time. Right. So like it was still it was conveyed. It wasn't just an Easter egg of, hey, look, you remember that it was done with like real follow through. And so that's why they, they felt like they had weight. Um it's just fantastic series from 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 top to bottom. Can't can't say enough. So yeah, that's why it's my number one. Awesome. All right, I'll be. I know we're like talking so much, so I'll be quick. We already covered it. My number one is WandaVision. This is the most excited I've ever really been about a show ever from week to week. So um, I, I really can't even express to you guys how much I would just sit there waiting for the days to go on. For this new episode to drop. Um, I, I just adored everything about this. It's like nothing we've ever seen before within Marvel. I became super attached to so many characters, White Vision or just Vision in general, Agatha, Monica Rambeau, Jimmy Woo. I still want him to have a spinoff series. Uh, the kids, <laughs> Darcy Lewis. I mean, this was like packed with cast members and people that I just I just freaking love. And again, like uh, I am the magic mysticism lover. Uh, this is just totally my wheelhouse. So uh, this stole my heart. I've watched it totally through. I think I've watched it maybe four times. And I can't say that about any other series on my entire list. Um, and like everyone that I have showed the show to, including like my parents who are in their sixties, who know nothing about anything, adore it. Uh, and I'm just like, I can't even, I just love it so much. And it like breaks my heart that I don't get like five more seasons of it. <laughs> 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 I want it. Yes. Four times through Jesus. Yes. It's great. I loved it. I just loved it so much. And obviously you guys did a deeper dive on it. So. All right. Those are our top five Marvel TV shows ranked. We're going to try to get a graphic together with all of our picks on it and put that out on the comic book nation Twitter feed. So you guys can also chime in and let us know your rankings as well. Cause we want to hear them. 
All right. Uh, we got a little bit of time. So Matt, Jesus. All right. do a speedy, speedy, speedy uh, review of this week's comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, let's start with uh, <laughs> Tendes Wolverine number three. Um, let's jump right into the deep end of the pool because I feel like right. this let's issue. Let's talk about how I was right again. This issue <laughs> really, you know, one of the things we've talked about with the series is like how we're still kind of waiting, right, for some of the the plot points to come through. Um, and, uh, you know, this one we're starting, it's starting to coalesce. We're starting to actually see all the pieces start to play out. Uh, I will love this because we get Laura and we get scout, we get Gabby. I will always adore books with them, but it's, there's a real like Wolverine family thing going on here. And I, I adore it. We also get the stuff with Moira playing out and we're actually starting to see who are not even antagonists and protagonists are, but like who our sides are. And it's starting to make the book, you know, it's starting to really pull you in. Like this was the first issue where I really was like, okay, I really want to read the next one. Like I'm like, I'm kind of in. Um, so, you know, what do you guys think on this? I think um, it, like you said, it's pulling together things all the way back from house of X and, and mm-hmm. starting to make them exciting because the nature of this larger thing was what is the conflict for mutants into the future? Like what is the cycle of violence and tragedy and loss for them and how to get out of that cycle? And what Moira was supposed to be a savior to this, but she was always kind of started as a weird non-savior of mutants. She kind of got pushed into that and finding her kind of going back to the side of now being kind of an antagonist to mutants and not their savior is kind of very interesting. And the whole time travel and cycle of it all that Hickman started with her multiple lives in this power is getting more interesting when she's saying things like, I know this is like the first hope because I know that it w- I probably succeeded because yeah. of like what is happening now. And so the whole time loop of it all and looper of it all is starting to get exciting again. And this issue really kind of spelled it out. And like you said, if you don't like that, there's a whole Wolverine family battle. So, you know, what's not to love about that. And you start to sympathize with Phalanx Logan. You're like, Oh, yeah. that's bad yeah. guy after all. And that's a, that's an awesome costume design. Janelle, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Uh, just, I'm, I'm very interested in this. I feel like I'm learning more and more each time you make me read an X-Men comic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I do, I feel like I'm getting a little more comfortable and therefore able to enjoy it more. This one is obviously my favorite out of any in this series because it is coming together, making more sense. I'm glad I hung in there and, uh, you know, wasn't like judgmental of death and lives of any of these. And because the payoff for me has been really nice. I, I like this. I'm really excited to see where it's going. Awesome. Uh, well, I think the next one, I'm the only one that read, correct? So I think Aquaman number one is the, is the one. Oh, no, uh, I didn't read that. No, yeah, we read had, that. We're having some tech issues on the on the oh, one side right now. Okay. So, uh, But yeah, I'll just do a real quick thing. Uh, Aquaman, if, if you've been reading the Aquaverse, as I'm calling, I don't even know if that's the official name, uh, but the Aquaverse has kind of been expanding. There's been a lot of stuff. Jackson has had his own series uh, in the Becoming, and then Black Manta has had his own series, kind of developing him and pushing him into some new places. And so... All of those are really converging uh, in Aquaman, uh, which brings together Arthur, Jackson, um, Black Manta. Also, at some point, Mara and Andy are going to be in the mix and not really they don't really play a part here. So I'm kind of I'm very excited for what it's going to blossom into. This issue is very much a setup, putting all the pieces together. We really don't get kind of any kind of sort of unification till the end. So I'm kind of hoping that in two and three that really starts to pick up. This is a fun issue, but it's kind of safe. So, um, you know, not like 
the blow me away thing i'm hoping for the next uh let's move into ghost rider uh number one which is the poll winner thank you guys for everybody for voting um so uh yeah this one uh brings us you know this is not uh a robbie reyes story because like robbie reyes is kind of the core ghost rider um you know and but so coming in I, i'm kind of partial to robbie but at the same time i'm really interested in the story because it because it kind of tries to capture some of the classic ghostwriter elements but for a long time in this issue you don't really know where it's going <laughs> but I, I feel like the payoff towards the end kind of kind of sold me on this and seeing that essentially like he's been trapped uh in this kind of mental prison you still have a lot of questions you don't know who did it uh you don't know why so there's a lot of really good stuff kind of moving forward um and it's there's some parts for me anyway that were kind of hard to to read but Again, it fits the subject matter. It fits the character. So uh, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know how big of Ghost Rider fans you, you two are. I, I I love Ghost Rider, and I actually had a lot more Ghost Rider love than I you know thought. As I've kind of looked back, I came into the Dan Ketch era, but uh, I, I felt like this one. I felt like there was an agenda in this one to kind of reinvent Johnny Blaze in a kind mm -hmm. of way for possibly franchise use down the line. Yeah, and I didn't. I don't like this version of Johnny blaze very much. Like I don't need tortured Johnny blaze. Like I've come so far in my Marvel evolution that him being like the guy who's over it and is now kind of like the wiser mentor. Johnny blaze was always, you know, ponytail Johnny blaze, you know, riding with Dan catch is always my favorite Johnny blaze. Mm -hmm. um, I think it, cause it's like a character growth and evolution that I thought actually worked. So trying to go back to like torture Johnny blaze. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, it's because it just feels like, yes, I get it. You want to make MCU Ghost Rider one day. And you're going back to the classic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Robbie, I mean, like, Ray, you know, he was fine. He was great. Like, and we were all vibing with that thanks to kind of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that. People were kind of embracing that new Ghost Rider. And so, I, I mean, I, I don't need to go back. Uh, I just, I feel like this is just postmodern ghost writer like you know you know new age ghost writer retelling so it's all right but uh yeah i didn't need like johnny blage's emotional troubles like <laughs> okay. as a whole narration for me like i was just like dude i'm i'm over this like, <laughs> i get that janelle what you think uh i don't know a lot about ghost writer but i do it's weird because i guess maybe because of the movies when i was younger <laughs> or something I, it's like i know what's up but i felt very like unsure of what was happening in this book. So I, I actually really liked it. I thought it was really cool. I, I loved the depiction of like the monsters and his, in his other vision, like he could see that things were monsters. I just thought it was very well done and I could understand what was going on. I think they kind of, they, they made it kind of long in, in long. his, to figure out that he's, I guess in, in hell or something like wherever he is. Uh, but you know, I wish they would have gotten to the end a little faster, but I, I would say that I, I still, I enjoyed it. Like I like this and I want, I want to read more Ghost Rider because I don't know this side of it. And I think it could be kind of cool, but I, I'm just really open to these things because I don't have this like fixed, you know, concept of like, this is my Ghost Rider. This is my Wolverine. Like I just kind of am open. And I think that kind of serves me in situations like this. Cause I actually really liked it. 
That makes sense. That's and yeah. that's also why I think I probably enjoyed it a little more than Kofi's because I yeah. don't have the attachment to Blaze and Catch. Like right. my Ghost Rider is very much Robbie. Like that's the one that I always kind of I gravitate. I didn't gravitate to Ghost Rider until Robbie. So okay. like that's just that's in my brain. So when cool. I look at something like this, it doesn't resonate as much. But I also don't have as much of like, well, that's you know, why are you trying to reinvent the character? Like, I don't have that coming <laughs> in. So no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Uh, moving into uh, Janelle, Captain Marvel number thirty six, ends the last of the Marvels. It's a big finale. Uh, what did you? I'm, I'll go last because I just like. Oh, I mean, it's just. It's easy. Like, yeah. it's easy to follow. You get to see some of your favorite, like, characters working together. It's, you don't have to, like, be really super connected to the backstories to just, like, enjoy this book. And, and it's just, it was just fun. It's just a fun, exciting read. And I'm so happy we did it because I need that, especially with all of the Batman stuff and like the really dark stuff that we've been reading. Yeah, I've so enjoyed this story to kind of make it a little more like fun and poppy and, um, and I, I don't want to say light because it's still like life or death, but right. it just is a different vibe. And I, I really liked it a lot. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And that's that's how I felt like I was actually I was kind of waiting for one more shoe to drop on the surprise, mm-hmm. like Marvel mythos. side, yes. And that didn't really drop. So I was like, OK, that's cool. But like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> overall, I still. Yeah, I thought this was really fun. I love Kelly Thompson dialogue. Um, I love that we have a character now that is like the separate binary entity and that's going to be fun and seeing that. So yeah, I I really dug this. Um, It's probably no shock to people who follow me that I really dug a Captain Marvel. Um, So so real quick before we do, Supermassive number one is a one shot lives up to its name. It's a big one shot uh, that if you've been keeping up with the Radiant Black universe over in Image Comics that has grown, that is about to grow uh, exp- exponentially uh, with Rogue Sun and then also Infernal Girl Red, which are all like new characters coming into this world down the line. This combines them all to one kind of big fun event. Uh, I just love this book. This is like pure action, just pure visual goodness if you're a fan of like the tokusatsu or power rangers kind of influences uh you're going to eat this up with a spoon uh it's just really fun it's just really fun so if you aren't invested in that universe yet and you kind of want to see if it's for you this is a perfect issue because if you don't like this issue you're not going to like those um so definitely check this out uh but that's comics I think we ran through that pretty damn quick. Mildly quick. That'll do it for this episode of uh, Comic Book Nation. Uh, One program note. uh, We did a review of the Netflix series All of Us Are Dead, the Korean zombie series, and uh, in a a high school based on the graphic novel. And it's still continuing to be one of the more popular Netflix shows of all time. So I challenged Janelle Wheeler to go back in and watch it. (laughs) And if she hates it like she did the first time, she gets to pick something that I have to watch. So you uh, watch everything. That's going to be so hard. That is very (laughs) untrue. If you are paying You watch Love is Blind. I'm not going to tell you anything anymore. I'm not going to say this is this is your thing. Like, but if you've been paying attention to this podcast, you should know what my weak points are. And what my I mean, I certainly have a dossier on you guys. So we'll I don't ha- know what we're all doing. I'll here, but, have uh, the listeners help me out. Tweet me what. That's why I was bringing it up. Are. Yeah, you can you can <laughs> give Janelle suggestions on what she should make me watch if she hates it. But you got to actually give it a chance. OK. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. You can always follow us at the Twitter account at Comic Book Nation. And this week, we hope you do because we want to know your top five Marvel TV show picks. If you want to talk to us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. 
can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler. All right. We will, as Brywood says, we will keep comic booking comicbook.com as uh, your one-stop thing for all your geek uh, and mainstream entertainment needs. So we have everything that everybody's mentioned in the comics up there already, you know, Ozark's new season date, everything in between. We got it all. So check out comicbook.com. All right. We will see you guys next week when we all will be in a world where the Batman is finally in theaters. All right. Looking forward to that. Take it easy. Comic book nation. We are out. Bye, guys.